my name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is my podcast where I will be showing you why I love the Bundesliga and why it's a really, really exciting league and hopefully you decide to watch it as well. Now, like I said before, my name is Andrew. I've been a soccer fan for as long as I can remember. I recall I was in Ukraine in 2007 and I was watching a match between Kiev versus my hometown club, Karpaty Lviv. And I remember Kiev destroyed us like 4-2, I believe the score was. But that was no matter. I enjoyed the game and fell in love with uh, the atmosphere of going to a live game. The next year I was back in Ukraine and this time I saw Dynamo Kiev play against, I believe it was Metalist Kharkiv. I don't even remember the score of that game, but that kind of solidified my love of going to live soccer games and my love of the sport. So obviously I was a Ukrainian national team fan. I loved Andriy Shevchenko, I loved the whole squad. I thought they played really well, you know, on their good days. They never really got far in any kind of European or international competition, but being Ukrainian, I had to root for them. However, I did have a secondary team since Ukraine never really made it far, and that was the Netherlands, the Dutch soccer team. I followed them through the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, all the way through to the final where they played Spain, and to this day, I still hate Andres Iniesta for scoring that 116th minute game-winning goal. But enough about that. That'll, that'll come back later. But yeah, I was a Ukrainian fan, a Dutch fan, and then I kind of started looking for a club team because I wanted to start following club soccer. So I kind of naturally gravitated towards Chelsea. Most people know of the EPL, or if you're a soccer fan, the most popular teams you usually hear about are EPL teams, you know, your Arsenals, Man U's, Man City's, Tottenham's, Chelsea's. So I chose Chelsea because they had Andriy Shevchenko, who was the gem of the Ukrainian national team. So running on that, I kind of chose Chelsea, and that was my team. Then in 2012, in the Champions League final, the fixture was Chelsea versus Bayern Munich. And it was kind of my first time seeing any kind of other international club teams play um, outside of England. So I was watching the game, and as we all know, it tied 1-1, and then it goes to penalties, and the third penalty kick taker for Bayern Munich was Manuel Neuer, their goalkeeper, which kind of threw me for a loop, but I liked it a lot. You know, whenever I play soccer, play hockey outside, I always tend to play as the goaltender, so I kind of gravitate towards that. Um, most teams I'm a fan of, uh, the favorite player of mine is usually the goaltender. And in this case, seeing Manuel Neuer up there, who just played an amazing game, go up there to take a penalty kick kind of shocked me, but in, in a good way, I liked it. So obviously Chelsea goes on to win the game, but then the next year, Bayern is back in the Champions League final, and this time it's Bayern versus Borussia Dortmund, uh, another German team. So this is also fun to watch because eventually I kept hearing the announcer say this is kind of a rematch of Der Klassiker, which is you know the rivalry between Bayern and Dortmund, the two biggest clubs in the Bundesliga. So I watched the game, and right at the end of the game, it's tied 1-1, coming down to the wire, and who but Aaron Robin comes in, 
scores the game-winning goal, gets the nickname Mr. Wembley, 89th minute for Bayern to win the Champions League. And that was the season where they won the Bundesliga, they won the German Domestic Cup, and they won the Champions League, which was their trouble season, probably Bayern's most impressive season to date. And that was kind of the year that they won me over. It was the treble season. It was having Robin from my favorite Dutch national team. It was having the best goalkeeper in the world in Manuel Neuer. And then the final, and for me, arguably most important piece of the puzzle was actually having Anatoly Tomaschuk, who was a defender or center back or sometimes defensive mid on the Ukrainian national team. So now I had a team that had an amazing run, had some of my favorite players on there, and kind of decided to, to leave Chelsea and become a Bayern fan. Haven't looked back since. Um, and then it was probably in the last three to four years that I started watching the league more and more seriously. I started watching more games, and then it became entire seasons. Then I started watching Champions League qualifier games. I started watching German Cup games and kind of became more infatuated with the German League in general, obviously Bayern Munich, but other teams as well. I started learning who the, the big names are, started learning who some of the important coaches were. I started learning club history, all those kinds of things, and really diving into it. And that's where my, uh, my love for the Bundesliga really grew. So what's my goal? My goal for this podcast is to show you how exciting the Bundesliga really is. Most people, before they even watch a game or two, write off the Bundesliga as a one-team race. Bayern wins the league every year. It's not exciting to watch. It's boring soccer, boring football. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Some of your favorite players, whether you know it or not, may have come from the Bundesliga. People like Mesut Ozil, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Henrik Mkhitaryan, both from Arsenal, Leroy Sané and Man City, Julian Draxler and PSG, Bernd Leno, all these players became stars. You know, they came from, from no one to becoming stars in the Bundesliga and eventually made their way to other leagues, to Spain, to, to England, to Italy even. And then we've also seen the reverse trend now where there are established players in other countries going to the Bundesliga to ply their trade. You know, you have James Rodriguez, who came over from Real Madrid to Bayern. Then you have uh, Vidal, who came from Juventus back to Germany, even though he started his career at Bayer Leverkusen um, and then returned back to Germany. So you're starting to see the reverse trend now as well. But it's very, very common that um, a lot of big-name players on other teams across Europe became famous and became popular and really came into their own in the Bundesliga. The same goes for a lot of coaches. Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp. In that game I mentioned before, the 2013 Champions League final, on the other side of Bayern was Borussia Dortmund, coached by none other than Jurgen Klopp. So he's one of them. Thomas Tuchel, who now coaches PSG a couple of years back, was also uh, Borussia Dortmund's coach. And before, before him, we had uh, Pep Guardiola. He, he coached uh, Bayern for three years, and 
those are three of my favorite years of, of Bayern playing football, or to Pep Guardiola, who now plays in Man City. And I will, uh, I will postate that the reason he bought Leroy Sané and brought him from Schalke over to Man City is because in the three years that Bayern played against Schalke in the same league, he noticed something in Leroy Sané, and he picked up on it. He knew that this, this kid's going to be a star one day. And when he went over to Man City, he made sure that he brought him over with him because he knew what a talent he saw in Leroy Sané just from playing against him a couple games a year. So some of your favorite players came from the Bundesliga. Some of the best and most world-renowned coaches either came from or had really amazing runs in the Bundesliga. Now, when it comes to rivalries, I'm willing to bet that some of the German Bundesliga rivalries are up there with Derby days in England, um, El Clasico in, uh, you know, in Spain. Um, I'm willing to bet some of the rivalries are on par, if not better than that. We have the Rhineland Derby with Cologne versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. We have one of the, the feistiest, one of the most exciting games of every year in the Riviera Derby with Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke. If you haven't watched last year's Riviera Derby, with Schalke and and, uh, Borussia Dortmund, you need to find that match and you need to watch it. That was probably my entire, my favorite match of all of last season. And that goes across EPL, La Liga, and Bundesliga. That is my favorite match to watch. And it wasn't even a Bayern match. And then, of course, you have the classic in Der Klassiker where you have Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich, two biggest uh, names in the league facing off against each other. So those are just scratching the surface of some of the biggest rivalries that make for really, really good and really exciting matches. Next, we have the atmosphere and attendance. If you take the average attendance per game for the top three Bundesliga teams, they are higher than the average attendance of the top three EPL teams and higher than the average attendance of the top three La Liga teams. And I will source all this below in the, uh, in the show notes. Now here's where it gets really interesting. If you take the bottom three clubs of Bundesliga and EPL and La Liga, those numbers are even more astounding than the top three. The bottom three being Augsburg, Wolfsburg, and Freiburg have had, in some cases, more than double the attendance of the bottom three clubs in EPL being Swansea, Watford, and Bournemouth, and in La Liga being Getafe, Leganes, and Ibar, who averaged about 5,324 fans being dead last in the La Liga, versus Freiburg, which averaged 23,894 fans being dead last in the Bundesliga. So fans show up to games... Fans are passionate about their teams, they sing for the full 90, and that makes for a really, really exciting atmosphere on game day. It really uh, makes the players that much more passionate and that much more aggressive and that much more wanting to win every game. It sounds amazing um, just watching it on TV. You get to hear the, the passionate fans, and that really does bleed through to the players as well. And lastly, one of my favorite parts of the Bundesliga, which is just a recent invention actually, is the use of VAR. 
I mean, the 2017-18 season was the first year that the Bundesliga used VAR along with Serie A. I don't think any other leagues in Europe have, have started doing it yet. But I think it was implemented very well and has been very effective in some very important decisions in the first year alone. I believe in Bayern's first game of the season, there was an uncalled foul against Robert Lewandowski in the box that the referee did not notice. And then upon video review, he realized that he was actually fouled in the uh, in the 18-yard box. He came back and gave Robert the Lewandowski the, the penalty kick, and that was his first goal of the season. Now, it doesn't always work in Byron's favor. I recall a game last year where the other team received a red card, and then upon video uh, review, he realized he uh, made an error and actually called the player back out of the dressing room and gave him a yellow and let him finish the game. So... You know, moments like that really make the game exciting because you no longer have games where a bad referee call decides the game or an offside goal decides the game. It really levels the playing field into those human errors, human mistakes that can now be fixed and, and, and that can now be correctly called through the use of video assistant referee. And by the time that, you know, England and Spain and France start implementing these programs, it will already be, you know, have all the kinks worked out within the Bundesliga, so it'll be running smoothly here, which it's already running pretty smoothly. There have been some weird calls about a team being brought out during halftime to, to be awarded a penalty and situations like that. But by and large, it's been very, very successful and has wor worked very, very well. So that's what we're going to be going over on my podcast. Um, I'm going to be doing match day analysis. That's going to be the meat and potatoes of the podcast. I do have some ideas for some auxiliary episodes or some alternate content for you guys. That includes things like player profiles, um, where I pick a player or you pick a player that you want, and I'll kind of go into their history and talk about their strengths and weaknesses and kind of where I see their careers going. I can do some transfer analysis. I can... Um, do the best all-time starting 11 for that club, going back through the club's history and trying to figure out who was their uh, all-time best starting 11 for each position. And I can do club history. Um, I can do coaching history. I can do lots of different things. So th those are just some ideas for different segments or bits to have on the show. So lastly, all I need from you guys is to Follow all my social media profiles, which you will find below in the show notes in the description. Um, there you will also find my email. So in there you can always send me fan mail, you can send me requests, you can disagree with me, you can agree with me, you can tell me about stories I missed out on, you can um, you know, let me know about things that I got wrong, you can argue with me on things. You can agree with me if I got something right. If you also look in the show notes, I'll often post things I talk about in the episode in there. If I find clips from certain goals or moments I mention, I'll throw them below for sure. There's a couple things you'll see in the show notes for this episode that I mentioned earlier um, that I'll include links to in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Please, if you enjoy this content, if you have any friends you watch soccer with, any mates, Send this to them, let them listen to it, let them uh, see if they enjoy it. 
I want to reach as many people as possible and show everyone the, the wonders of German soccer and show everyone that the Bundesliga is and can be a very, very fun league to follow. Thank you very much. My name is Andrew, and see you guys in the next one.